Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff. So, lucky listeners, we are doing a giveaway of Do What Feels Good by Hannah Bronfman. All you have to do to enter is post on stories that you've downloaded, rated, or reviewed my podcast. I will see it. I'll put you in the list, and I'll draw the raffle. We're going to pick the winner on January 8th when Hannah's book comes out. So, happy posting. This week's guest is Amita Kazem. She is the founder of Flower Shop, an incredibly delicious I want to call it art, but it's also food company that makes those explosion cakes you've seen all over your Instagram feed, as well as other tasty treats. In this interview, we talk about a life of rainbows and sunshine. Don't do the eye roll. She really lives and breathes that positivity. How she turned her hobby into a career and her unexpected success. This is Amira Kasem on Superwomen. So I want to start with your career trajectory. You've gone from making custom cakes for celebrities to creating installations to museums, to opening your own store in Soho. Did you plan to cross that line or did you always think of owning a bakery and dominating your Instagram was your path? So before Flower Shop, I never thought that baking was a career for me. I was working in fashion and I did it as a passion on the side. And as people were ordering more and more cakes and I wanted to wake up and actually just throw sprinkles around, I was like, maybe that's what I should do for a living. And when I gave that a shot, I actually thought opening a store was step one for the the entire brand and I found it to be very very challenging so that's why there's sort of a backwards business plan to flower shop where I was baking out of my apartment whether right. it was a child's birthday or celebrity or, or whatever that you know was and then now there's a store but I named it flower shop from day one thinking that, that was a shop <laughs> and did you ever imagine that your brand would be so recognizable on Instagram with what you've done no not at all I actually started on Instagram because I didn't have enough money to build a website or to have a physical space. And I thought social media and Instagram was an easy way that people can see what I was making and what options were. And it actually took off more on Instagram than it does on the website or anything else, even now that there is a physical space. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I know like when we send out our girl power cakes, the sprinkles were everywhere. Yeah. The power of sprinkles. You have to spread joy. You never knew. The sweets world is crowded with cupcakes, donuts, cronuts, and other hybrid pastries. How have you found your space and carved your own distinctive, identifiable thing? To be honest, I didn't think about creating something that was different from what was out there. I just created something that made me happy and that I liked, and I had found excitement through seeing it, which was the rainbow cake and then make, turning it into an explosion and the cake balls. And those are things I just like. I personally don't love cupcakes only because of the ratios and it's all sort of like texture things for me um and then it found its own place in the world I guess we live in an instagrammable world and your creations are highly instagrammable no doubt it's helped the business are there any ways it's been a challenge it is 
because when you're posting everything, it's how you're spreading it. And it's easy for people around the world to see it. And then, you know, you have someone in, I don't know, Dubai or wherever wanting a cake and they see it and it's out there, but they can't have it. And so I think that's a challenge for me because most of our comments are like, can I get one in Florida? Can I get one in LA? And I want to be everywhere because it it already is, right. but I physically can't ship. So in that way, it's a challenge, but it's so amazing to be able to post something like our new 4th of July stuff and instantly you can see orders coming in. So I think there's like good and bad to all of it. Totally. You've become really known for one cake, the rainbow explosion cake. For me, it's our mini Mac bag. Are you happy to be known for this or do you ever feel pigeonholed? No, it's so exciting. I love being associated with possibly the happiest thing I could think of, which is a rainbow that explodes sprinkles. <laughs> um, I think, like you said, it's like a classic thing to, to Hermes, there's a Birkin and to, to whatever. So it's your classic piece that you'll always have. But growing the brand around it, whether it's a pizza cake or a burger cake is so fun. But then having a staple is also a great thing. Baking can seem as a light, fluffy career choice, but you need some serious business chops. What other skills or traits have made you build a successful business? Our cakes are light and fluffy, but the amount of hours that go into <laughs> bakeries is not light and fluffy. Um, we start really early and, and really late. And in terms of business, it's when I started the company, I thought, oh, so amazing. I just get to wake up, bake, throw sprinkles around, and then eat cake. But I didn't think about <laughs> everything associated with it and all the emails that go into just one cake and all of everything that goes into like you said, the business side, and which is why I brought on Ross, who <laughs> helped me build sort of both ends of it, because there is so much more that goes into just selling one cake. And I think the combination of it being a brand as well as a bakery makes the business side heavier, actually, than the actual baking. Right. So do you still do all the baking on your own, or do you have a team now? I have a team, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so they help me with everything for the actual store and our regular things. And I still bake everything that's our custom or artsy, fun, individual, unique projects. Awesome. So you must rely on some serious talent to help you. I know your husband, Ross, who you just mentioned, is also your business partner. Who else do you surround yourself with? So I like to surround myself with creatives and and people that are very positive and happy. I have Lacey, who's my right hand. And honestly, it's kind of funny, but when I'm looking to hire people, I go more based on their energy and who they are as a person than a skill set. And I think that Lacey happens to have both, but it's so amazing to be able to bounce ideas back with different people. And my kitchen is just a magical space for me because I can go in there and I feel like that's where we're creating new things. And so everyone in my kitchen has a positive energy and it's really amazing to have Ross sort of as the business structure who is helping me with <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing and then having an entire creative team where we're just basically playing with food. That sounds awesome. I want to I be a fly on the wall in your kitchen. Please come today. <laughs> <laughs> so the food world, restaurants in particular, is notorious for its bro culture. Has that crossed into your business dealings at all or have you ever had to deal with gender bias or inequality? It's really funny because I know that we're in a place in the world right now where the bro culture and all this stuff happening, you know, me too and all of that. And I haven't experienced it. I feel like I was just in Italy for food and wine and 
all of the male chefs were kind of embracing what this new thing was. And not only because I was, you know, female or, but also I, I'm not a trained chef, which is also, you know, a negative in that world. And they were also amazing with me. I actually found a few competitive women in the space. And I was thinking to myself, maybe it's because they had to compete with the men to get through. And I think it's important that the female chefs out there are also being supportive to other females, just as you are as a designer with other females. Totally. We have the same experience in fashion. It's it, like, it's so weird. You don't have the men to fight against. And no. now it's women fighting women. And you're like, uh oh, no one saw this coming. Yeah. And I think that it's so important. Like, I respect female chefs who have struggled through the bro culture and maybe worked in the kitchens and did all of that and maybe give out a hand to the next generation of females coming in so they don't have to go through that. Right. Totally. So one thing I always notice about you and love about you is you are always happy and upbeat and so positive. And that's why I always, I don't know, feel drawn to you whenever I see you at a party where it's like full of snobs. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) she's here and she's happy and nice. Is this your private side or is this part of your brand or is it just you? No, it's literally (laughs) me. (laughs) My parents always joke. (laughs) Yeah, my parents always laugh because you see videos of me growing up since I was a baby or anything and and the funniest thing is I do the exact same things and I wear the exact same clothes and my friends make fun of me because they're like look at a picture of us from middle school I think Amita's still wearing this and like (laughs) I think I just never grew up in a sense um from style I like things evolve and I've grown a lot taller but (laughs) I still like the same things these were always my favorite colors what I like to wear and, and how I like to live is like I would wake up. There's so many videos of me when my parents would present me my birthday cake and I'm like freaking out in the video as a child, like jumping on a chair because someone gave me cake on my birthday. So I think it just sort of, I think I might be even more energetic in private because then it's more yourself. But I think the brand became who I am, not I became who the brand is to answer that. Makes sense. So let's talk about the power of being silly because part of you is being silly. How has that helped uh, with your relationship with your customer um, or even in just growing your business? It helps so much when you think about, you know, when I worked in fashion and I had many, our clients and customers are always pleasing them and doing all these things in which I learned a lot of things about, but it was always, you know, whether you're on schedule or, or different road paths to that. And when you think about cake and what that means, it's celebration. So if you're ordering a cake, of the time, it's because you're celebrating something. So you're happy that you're having another baby. You're happy that you're launching a new collection. You're celebrating girl power. It's your birthday. Um, So everyone is already happy because it's a happy moment for them. And I think that us as a brand and me as a person being just as excited about everyone else's cake makes it an easy, flowing, fun environment. And I do think that you can feel when you walk into the store or when you you know, greet our customers that they're just as excited about cake. Um, And I think that it helps a lot. I think that I'm very serious about what I do, but I don't take it very seriously. And I think that that's the balance of of how you can be silly and still run the business side. Right. I think that's a good tip. So before all this, you were in fashion and you're still extraordinarily young and your career is still on the rise. What are you seeing for your future outside of rainbow explosion cakes? 
will always be rainbow. <laughs> but, you know, the, when I I did go to school for fashion and I always wanted my own line and all of these magical things. And I think that that could still happen. And Flower Shop is growing in so many different ways. As a brand, we want to be in your kitchen. We want to be in your closet. We want to hang out with you all the time. <laughs> so the brand is, is growing. We have some really exciting things coming up. Um, Anything you can share? I'm working on a book. That's one awesome. <laughs> fun thing. Yeah. And a lot of other secrets down. <laughs> cool. Is the book something that someone then in Florida could make your cake? Yes. Awesome. Everyone can make it. And Yay. I think that's something that's very important to me because baking seems so scary when you look at these perfect cakes in a cake book and you're kind of shying away from trying to accomplish that. And I think that for me, I wasn't trained. I was My mom taught me how to bake. And so if I can do it, like anyone can do it. Totally. And that's what the book will help you do. I'm going to need that book because I tried to make my daughter a Hulk cake one time and it did not turn out like Hulk. No, they'll all love to even help you with this. <laughs> okay. Tell me something about yourself that people would be surprised to know. For instance, I'm actually scared of zombies. I am not lying to you. <laughs> Um, and I can never live in a house because I'm scared of zombies. Okay, it makes me kind of want to secretly scare you, but if it's that <laughs> real, I won't. <laughs> I, let's see. So my best friend, Jake, um, has been cutting my hair for, I don't know, 10, 12 years now. But if he's not, it's not in town when I need to cut my hair, I just cut my own hair. <laughs> and have you had any um, bad experiences with that? Like, uh-oh. Oh, all the time. I accidentally <laughs> cut too short on one side, not the other side. Luckily, I have really curly hair. No one can ever tell, even if I got a haircut. Right. So it's a good thing. But I think it's been a funny joke between us that I basically cut my own hair. <laughs> one thing I like to share is obviously we live in a world of hyper everything looks perfect at least on Instagram so my question for all my guests is going to be what's your shit show I'm going to share one with you one time my husband and I were on a cleanse and we couldn't eat anything that wasn't fruit or vegetable based or protein chills Um, (laughs) and we were dying for carbs and it was before you could buy all this like paleo friendly food so we had this brilliant idea that we could make uh, a coconut bread without anything other than coconut, flour, water, one egg. And it would just became like a pudding in the oven. And we took it out and we were like, this is just hot, hot, <laughs> smelly stuff. stuff. So what would be one of your shit show moments? Ooh. So this summer we started testing ice cream for next year. And it's been a really funny experience because I'm very used to, I, I make a lot of ice cream. I love ice cream. I ice cream for breakfast every day. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> um, and so I was trying to incorporate it with different products that we have. And I'm trying to make push pops and everything. I got so excited. And so I started making everything into ice cream. And I didn't realize the amount of time. It's, I don't know. Ice cream is so sensitive. And when I came back to test, everything was like melted through the push pop, <laughs> through, the push pop through the cake, through everything that I had done. And the entire freezer was just melted, melted ice cream, which oh. I kind of wanted to sleep in it. But. You didn't want to take I a spoon to, to it and just eat it out of the freezer. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> I had to clean the entire thing, but I'm so excited for ice cream again next summer. I'll figure it out. I can't wait. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is to support other women and showcase them and highlight their accomplishments. So what is one piece of advice you would want to leave our listeners with? I think that you need to not only surround yourself with positive women, like yourself, when I see you, I always feel like I have 
a supportive person to look up up to around. And I think that it's just as important to be that person to someone else as it is to have those people around you. So I find that helping other women or finding ways to be supportive towards other women always ends up helping me. So just how you would, I don't know, like, I really believe in, like, giving and receiving. It all comes back around. So I think that finding the right people to be around you that you look up to and that are positive and that you strive to be like and at the same time being that person for someone else. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. What I loved about Amita's episode is that it's very rare that you meet someone whose Insta personality is their personality. She's always positive. Even when she's down, she finds a way to see the silver lining in everything she does. The lesson I take from this episode is, you know what? Let me always look at the positive side of things, even if times are tough. To find out more about Amita, you can follow her on Instagram at flowershop, F-L-O-U-R shop. I hope you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review us in the Apple Store or wherever you listen to podcasts or send us an email with your thoughts. Superwomen at RebeccaMinkoff.com. This week's review comes from Ellie Moss. Such a great podcast. It's a perfect mix of fun and inspiring, practical advice and insights. I laughed out loud twice while listening. Such a great way to start the day. Ellie Moms, I'm so excited that you laughed out loud because that is my goal when I am recording this podcast is that it'll happen to you at least once. 